Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central with Justin Matcham. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Blazing the Path, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Knuck If You Buck, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, and the LA Hoops Report, plus our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham, and here with me tonight... Dan Galinsky and Mason Cole from King James Gospel. Mason, been a minute since we've had you on here. How are you doing, man? Good. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. It has been uh, a little while, but glad to be back talking some Cavaliers basketball. Dan, you enjoying your, your Sunday evening? Yeah, yeah, no complaints here. Good to hear. There's, de- there's definitely no complaints over here, especially not after... What happened last night? We got our first Cavaliers preseason game. It is over. The Cavaliers beat the Pacers. I believe the final was 107-104 in the first preseason game. The Cavaliers were without Colin Sexton, KPJ, JaVale McGee, and Charles Matthews. Obviously, none of them played. The Cavaliers also did not see Levi Randolph, Matt Mooney, or Lamar Stevens get see the floor. I think those were all coaches' decisions. Overall... It was a very, very sloppy game. Um, that's to be expected, especially with a younger team like this. And it, it, Indiana didn't look great either. Um, I thought Malcolm Brogdon looked good. But um, before we kind of get into individual player breakdowns, was either of you have any you know comments or things that really stood out just in general about the game? Not a ton. I think you kind of hit on it. Just you know, sloppy. Uh, you know, the Cavs looked like a team that hadn't play, played since March, but. You know, a couple guys stood out, but overall, uh, I kind of it, it, it was as expected, and it sounded like it was pretty much as JB Bickerstaff uh, expected as well. Dan, how are you feeling about it? Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I do like is that um, the Cavaliers have brought back the, the the big C letter at half court. I think that looks a lot better than the shield. So good to see that. It's good to see even in in the weird you know environment of. Just all the extra space around the court and not having fans there. I think they did a solid job with the fan with the crowd noise. I, that's not something that I mind on TV. It's a little bit weird, but you know, it, overall, it was an, an enjoyable viewing experience from that perspective. Uh, we're gonna get into all the players here, though. Uh, we'll we have to start with Isaac Okoro, um, player of the night. Finished with 18 points, had a rebound, one assist, had three steals. Um, kind of. Had had a quiet first half. Obviously, his eruption was in the first quarter, or not the first quarter, but the fourth quarter. But um, even in that first half where he was kind of quiet, just very very solid throughout. Um, you you just you can see right away, you know, just able to to read the game on defense at a really really high level. 
good at you know making the right decision through screens. Um, good on ball defender, and, and he really showcased all of that last night. Um, Mason, we can start with you on this one. You know, just first thoughts about Okoro watching him play for the Cavs for the first time. Yeah, I thought he looked good. Uh, you know, uh, I think really kind of the most uh, impressive thing, I don't know if it was necessarily impressive, but something I did take away was I thought he looked comfortable uh, a lot throughout the game. Like you said, in the first half, he kind of was, you know, getting his feel for everything. But in the second half, he started to to get comfortable and, you know, he he did look good on defense. He he you know ended up guarding a couple of pretty decent players. I know he had a couple of uh, at least a couple of reps against Victor Oladipo, who obviously is a you know solid shooting guard. He had that last play against T.J. McConnell, and you know offensively, uh, I, w- I I thought he looked good offensively. You know he hit a couple of threes. Obviously he had that you know game winning layup, but overall I guess my main takeaway was you know obviously. Good defensive showing, but I, w- I was happy to see that he looked comfortable because, you know, there 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 have been instances in the past two seasons with guys like Sexton and Garland where they looked wildly uncomfortable on the floor. But, you know, Okoro, at least in this first little instance, looked like he was a pretty decent fit pretty much with every lineup that they threw him out on the floor in. Yeah, he, he just he looks comfortable on the floor. I think that's a huge takeaway. Um, like you said, it looked good on offense too. Again, just looks like he belongs there. The shot is not broken. I think, again, you know, just seeing him yesterday, he shot two for four from three. Obviously, I, I don't expect him to shoot 50% of the season, and this is the first preseason game. We're not going to – we're going to try to stay away from overreactions here. There might be a few. But um, it made all four of his free throws. Obviously had the game-winning layup. Had another really nice reverse and one layup. Just overall impacted the game all around at a very, very high level. Um, Dan, this was something that we could kind of talked about beforehand. But um, the Cavaliers started Okoro as technically the two-guard uh, starting next to Jetty Osmond. How do you like Okoro kind of in those bigger lineups, having him at the two? I don't really love Okoro at the two. I mean, I, again, I... Just to piggyback off what Mason said, I thought he did look comfortable. I, I thought he was honestly terrific. Um, in the first half, he was getting a feel, feel for it, but I thought he really moved without the ball well. Uh, there were a couple times where guys just couldn't hit him, but I, he was getting himself open, I thought, well. I thought he um, kind of picked his spots uh, well. Um, I, I thought he he moves efficiently, as, as odd as that sounds, but um, just doesn't overcut really times cuts well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't love him at the two. He's just he, the way, he, I mean, he's, he's the way his body, his frame is. I, I like him more at the three. Um, and, and honestly, I like him guarding threes better or fours, frankly, than twos. I mean, that's, he can guard twos. I'm not saying he can't, but I just think with how he is as a player, how physical he is, I think it just allows him to kind of get more kind of cutting, position type spots um whereas on the two i i think he's a little bit more perimeter laden i I like him at the three better i think it allows him to kind of get out and run more but um i I thought overall i I was i was really impressed as his performance yeah and for what it's worth i again i do feel like the three is his natural position but i think that that's something that he's capable of doing is playing yeah yeah yeah. and on a night like tonight where Colin Sexton's out, 
being being able to throw, you know, and I just Okoro in there. I think that that's going to be really important if you know there is instances where you see either girl under sex and missing games for whatever reason. Yeah, if, you know, Okoro were to be nice. off the bench, be, yeah, yeah. It's it's a nice just thing to have for the back pocket. We'll move on to the second player here on the list, the starting point guard of this game for the Cavaliers, Darius Garland. Had 14 points in this game, uh, shot 6 for 11 from the field. I think, what was he, 1 for 4 from 3, but I mean, again, we're not going to make overreactions here. His body definitely looks different. Overall, his movements look different. Um, I think all of his moves were just a little bit more explosive than they were in the past. You know, he kind of lost some of that baby fat that he kind of had. He just looks a lot slimmer out there. Um, Overall, I I think... Some of the concerns, just at least from that one game, are, are still there for me on the drives, but definitely looked improved. Um, again, just that overall explosiveness helped him to kind of you know get some quick bursts to the rim. Still, only took one free throw, but um, overall had some really nice you know drives to the rim. A couple of floaters, a couple of just you know kind of shooting around or over guys. But um. Dan, how are you feeling after Darius Garland getting to see him now in a game this year? I thought he was I thought he was pretty good. Um, as you kind of hit on, um, looked there was just more. Seemed like there was more of that second gear that last year it didn't seem like he really had. Um, I, I was that was good to see. I, I thought he showed some of that herky jerkiness in a, in a good way. As Austin Carr kind of kind of um, noted, um, I, I just I thought the shiftiness we saw, at least from the reports from camp that he apparently had been showing, it seemed like that was on display more than than it was last year. Kind of throughout, he had five turnovers, sure, but I'm not going to make a big deal out of that. It was it's been nine plus months, so the, he. He and other guys for turnovers. I, I'm not a guy that really – I think turnovers are such an overrated thing. And with this being developmental basketball, I'm not going to grill him for that. Um, and, and there were a number of – he always has a number of assists where it seems as though guys aren't hitting shots where the potential assists are there. Uh, I, I thought he looked good offensively. And, and you know what? Defensively, I, I thought actually he looked better. I thought he – off the ball, I thought – the angles looked better. It wasn't just it, just the frame thing. I thought his his mindset was better. It seemed like the um, the rotational sense was there better than it was last year. Um, I, I thought I would give it like a B plus. I, I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a fair you know grade to give him for that game. Uh, a B B plus range. And yeah, you note the five turnovers. I'm not looking at turnovers at all in this game, really. No, um, maybe a little bit, but. This was such a sloppy game on both ends of the, you know, for, by both yeah, teams. For, there were so many turnovers. Yeah, I, it, again, just it's a young team and a long layoff and preseason. It's it, you're going to get turnovers in a game like this, and we we definitely got turnovers from everyone. Uh, Mason, how you how do you like Darius Garland last night? Yeah, I thought you know I thought he had a decent game. You know, you know, like you guys said, he definitely. Definitely looked different. That was that was one of the first things I noticed right at tip off that his body just looked more you know not necessarily defined, but he he just looked different from last year, and you could see it in his moves. You could see it in his drives. Uh, you know, obviously with Darius Garland, a lot of people. The one question people are going to have after every game 
comes down to his assist numbers since the Cavs really don't have one pure point guard at the moment. You know, neither him or Colin Sexton really had great assist numbers last year. But in this first preseason game, you know, I, I thought he looked fine. I didn't think there was anything crazy great. I didn't think there was anything crazy bad. Uh, I think it's just going to take time for him to, you know, get back into the flow of things like it will for most players. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree about that. And I think, like I said, one thing I do just really kind of want to see as we move forward here is just I still want to see him embrace contact a little bit more. Because, again, he, he made some, you know, the shiftiness is there. The, the change of direction, change of pace is there. But I would just like to see him actually, it, it, again, it still seemed like he was shooting around or over guys. I want to see him just kind of get in there a little bit more and, and get to the line some because, you know, he averaged one free throw last year. He averaged or he, he only took one free throw in this game. You know, And, again, I think his movements were improved, but I think there is still some room to grow <laughs> again. One preseason game, but um, that, that's something I would like to see a little bit moving forward. Yeah, I, I think in transition, I like that he was kind of a little bit more aggressive, took a couple transition threes, I think. Um, that was good, but it, yeah, it, in those situations, I he struggled last year. I think kind of most um, what really jumped out, and sometimes he's he's in transition. I That's where I think we need to see the, him embrace contact, because... In settled offense in the tr- with the trees in there, I can't really blame him. But there are a couple instances where he had turnovers from those situations. If if he just kind of gets an, a ball fake up there and and takes it, I think he'd be have more success. And that that will come with game action. It will, yeah, it will. We'll move on to Jetty Osman, the starting small forward in this game. Uh, another one of the players of the night had twenty three points, uh, five rebounds. I know we said we weren't going to talk about turnovers at all, but um, didn't have a single turnover in this game, which I thought was kind of impressive. Um, shot 8 for 9 from the free throw line. Uh, good to see him shoot the ball well, I thought. Um, and there were some bad misses in there, too. I think early on there was one really poorly missed, or really, really just bad-looking three. But, you know, like I said, sh- shot the ball well throughout the night. Um, I think this is just kind of what you hope you can get out of Jetty. Um is obviously not 23 point performances, but just this style of play where I, I still think I, I the, the weaknesses in his game were still there. He was still getting beat on defense. You know, he still wasn't moving his feet well on that end. Um, still just not the strongest guy in the world. And I think we saw that on a couple of drives, you know, still kind of limited to straight line drives when he's, you know, getting to the rim and not able to power through a ton of contact. But like we said, you know, he, he got to the line and made 8 out of 9 free throws. So there there was something there. Uh, Mason, we'll start with you on this one. You know, how did you feel about Jetty in this first game? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. You know, he, he, he looked good, obviously, the 23 points. But I think at this point, pretty much everybody knows what Jetty is and, like, what he's going to bring when, when he's – when he's fully, you know, clicking on everything. And, you know, I thought we kind of saw that yesterday. He pretty much has played a lot of really solid all-around games, and I think that that's going to be a main reason why he gets a lot of consideration from the Cavaliers staff to be that starting small forward at the beginning of the season is just because, you know, game in and game out, you pretty much know what you're going to get from Jetty, at least offensively. The defensive questions are still there, but I think at this point, that's probably just something you're going to have to expect as long as he is on the roster getting minutes. But 
yeah, it's a good game from Jetta. You're definitely going to get those. And, you know, that's why he's probably going to be a pretty good, you know, rotational piece here for the for the next couple of years. He's just a solid wing player. Dan, what stuck out to you about Jetty last night? <sighs> well, he shot the ball well. I, I give him credit. But to me, uh, he made some, honestly, I thought kind of tough shots. Um Got to the line well. Um, I, that was that was good to see. I think last year, I think he had like 1.4 free throw attempts a game. I, I just think with it, it kind of solidified to me, Jetty's at his best when he can get kind of going off movement more. And I, honestly, it, I just kept in the back of my mind thinking like, Jetty looked good. Yes, there was, a, he was looking for a shot, sure, but if Colin Sexton's in there, what what does that mean? I mean, Jetty when Sexton's in is is not going to get those same amount of like on ball looks. And at the same token, Kevin Porter Jr. wasn't on the floor with him at all, so uh, I didn't read too much into it. And we we've seen these splash games from Jetty before, so it it was good to see him out there looking pretty uh, pretty sharp offensively. But with those two guys in the fold, I, I don't. I, I just think that really cuts into it. And defensively, Jetty was really bad. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I, people think I probably hate on Jetty more than a lot of people do, but he was getting regularly beat by the holiday, both holidays. I mean, wh- when Justin Holiday or Aaron Holiday was switched out of him, made, made him look bad. And off ball field defensively is just, it's just not there. Just takes really bad angles. Got, Honestly, Miles Turner screens are not very hard to get through. He's kind of he's pretty soft, and he was having a lot of problems getting through those. Not really a great screen setter, frankly. He's like a pick and pop guy. He's not. He's not a good screen setter. And when Sabonis was setting screens on him off the ball, he he looked like it's one over. time he got <laughs> pinned in the corner, like KO'd, and looked dazed coming out of that. I, I thought defensively he just looked horrendous. I, I'm sorry, just awful, and. That every time I see Jetty play, I just think how many points is he giving up at the other end? And good for him that he looks sharp as a shooter, but it didn't strengthen his case to me by any stretch. And TJ no, Warren wasn't yeah. TJ Warren wasn't playing, so that too. I, so to me, it's a mixed bag with Jetty. I, I don't know; it didn't really prove anything. I to mean, me. we yeah, I don't think it proved anything. It, it proves that we know what Jetty is, right? I mean. It, this is what we've come to expect again. You know, just in the right role. You know, I we still, know what I he still can would do. like to have Jetty though. Like he's a nice yeah. piece. To ha- I still exactly. think for him, we we need to see him at the four some. Like that. Ha- I don't. I don't love it, but he's uh, got to experiment. I, he, I mean, but you he's, gotta try it. But yeah, Okoro is gonna have to start here. We would think pretty soon. You're gonna have like. Where's JD gonna fill in? Like I, I, we don't know. They have to put him out there in some facet. Well, I was just gonna say, um, we've had one preseason game now. How are you feeling about you know who should be starting? You know between Osman or Okoro. Go ahead, Mason. I mean, after one preseason game, uh, I mean, I still think that. In my heart of hearts, for whatever reason, I still think it's going to be Jetty at the beginning of this season. Or Windler. Or Windler. Or, Sorry, let me win, add. Or yeah. Windler. <laughs> I mean, Windler definitely not after last night. Didn't show anything. But, you know, 
I think that if Okoro continues to put up performances like that, it's going to be no doubt him getting that starting nod. But obviously, you know, him being a young guy who's seen one NBA preseason game, you're going to want to see more over this next, you know, week, couple preseason games about if he can continue to do that consistently and if he can continue to do that consistently throughout the entire course of a game. Uh, that's going to be important to see. And if he can do that, I definitely think that he he probably will be the starting small forward. But again, I think that's just something we're going to have to wait to see. What's your take here, Dan? Yeah, I, just based on what Mason said, I, I think in the first, honestly, I think like eight to ten games, it'll be Jetty. I, I'm not saying that I would do that, but I just it seems as though that's going to be the case just based on the quick turnaround. but. I, I again, it, it was preseason. We shouldn't, we can't read a ton into it. But I, I know Windler. I'm not. I don't think he'll start this year. I don't think he should. But even though the shot looked really bad, I mean, there he had the yips clearly. Like, yeah, clearly <laughs> yeah. had the yips, and it was four or seven from the foul line, which for him is is not. That's not realistic. That's no. we're not going to see that in the season, but. He, I thought he looked really good other other than everything outside of shooting. And there were a couple potential assists that were really good ones that we missed that he had. I, I thought he, uh, in terms of the full part of the game all around, I thought defensively he was way better than I uh, actually would have thought in game one. So yeah, I, we, I was we can... encouraged by him overall. I know the shot wasn't there, but I, I thought he looked very good. Yeah, we can get into Winler here real quick. Um Eight points, eight rebounds last night. Did go over three from three. Um, he missed all three of those threes. Really, really bad. Um, two air balls, one off the side of the backboard. Paul I think, George. like you, Paul George. Did, yeah, hey. I mean, I don't know if Paul George had two air balls in that game as well. But um, it, it, like you said, I think, and this is someone who has been off longer than just about anybody from basketball. He had the yips, and that's okay. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, I think he, he he did have one good move. He really, you know, had a nice drive to the basket. Really made a nice floater. I thought that was something that was nice to see from him. Uh, yeah, I thought defensively, I didn't see anything really stand out. But I thought he was fine. You know, he he didn't actively hurt us in that end at all. Um, and obviously, we saw the rebounding ability. Like I said, eight rebounds. Uh, two of those were offensive. I think those. There's just those rebounding instincts that you know we've been talking about for a while. That's definitely there, and I think that that will continue to be a thing that we see with him. Mason, how did you feel about Dylan last night? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, especially the rebounding numbers were impressive, but you know, kind of like like Dan alluded to, he was just super active the entire game. He's always moving around, and you know, as he gets more comfortable, you know, I think everybody around the organization and you know everybody who watches and who knows Dylan Windler is expecting him to eventually you know start knocking down shots at a relatively consistent rate because that's why they drafted him he was a great three-point shooter in college and you know I think once he starts hitting if he reaches that sort of ceiling that I think there is for him as a shooter and if he can kind of you know add that to the sort of active play style he has where he's really getting you know, a lot done, a lot more done on the floor than you kind of would expect from a guy like him. If he starts hitting those shots, I really do think that Dylan Windler can can be a pretty pretty good player for the for the Cavaliers. 
Yeah, he's someone who who could be again. We've talked about him a bunch, but this is again, this is one preseason game. This has not anything to be concerned about. Dylan Windler looked fine overall. We'll finish up the starters here. Uh, we have a couple of vets that played limited minutes. We'll start with Kevin Love, who played 13 minutes, had six points. Uh, made the first shot of the game for the Cavs, which was kind of a nice little shot. He, it was a long two. It wasn't a three. But um, also had an air ball mixed in there, so, you know, everybody does it. The one the one big thing that really stood out with me with Kevin was another moment of frustration from him. Uh, I think he had the ball in a post-up, and he passed it to the corner to Larry Nance. Um, thought Larry Nance was going to shoot it. Larry could probably could have shot it, but um, he continued to pass it. I don't even remember who he passed it to. Maybe it was Dotson. I don't remember. But anyway, Larry swung it to someone else who actually did take a shot and made it. But um, Kevin Love was, again, visually upset that Larry didn't take the shot. So I don't think that that was anything. It it wasn't a a tantrum. It wasn't, you know, him throwing a, you know, bullet right at Jetty from two feet away. And And I don't think it's really anything to be concerned about. But um, good to see Kevin Love back. Dan, how'd you think Kevin played last night? Yeah, that right there. I think Larry has gotten those before. I think it's just Biggs want him to shoot because he he still at times hesitates on those. I think that's all that was. I think it was honestly just encouragement in a way. Like, he wants him to shoot it. But yeah, Kevin looked... I don't. He looked like he hasn't played in nine months in an actual game. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to read in much into it. He looked. He looked okay. Um, he played. Didn't do a whole lot, but had six points and in 14 minutes hasn't played in nine months. I, I'm not going to grill him. I. He. He didn't look good. I'm not objectively he didn't look great. But defensively, he looked at least the effort was there more. I thought he at least. That was okay. It wasn't horrible. Um, Sabonis is—he's just a beast in there. He—he's hard to hard to defend, um, especially as a roller. Really, just it, a hard roller. There, there was. I thought Kevin did okay. He—he he kind of battled in there. Had three fouls in fourteen minutes. Again, hasn't played in nine months. I, I don't. I, I give it an incomplete. I don't know really what to say for that. Anything to add to that, Mason? Uh. Yeah, I agree with Dan. He, it, it was, it was, you know, I guess it was kind of what you would expect from Kevin Love from a preseason game. He tried, he got a couple shots up early, uh, didn't really make a giant impact at all on either side of the court. But, you know, he, he again, he hasn't played in, since March. And, you know, it's it's just kind of what you would expect from Kevin Love in the first preseason game. Yeah, I think it's that's fair. It, it, I don't know. He's one who I really don't have as many comments about as other guys. It was just, it was fine. Yeah, you know, I don't. I didn't expect a whole lot more. Didn't expect a whole lot less from him. Yeah, nothing notable. Uh, no. Andre Drummond, on the other hand, um, this it's always it, it's Ugh. always interesting with Andre. It's always interesting Ugh. with Andre. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> um, Fourteen minutes played. Had two points, five rebounds. Had had a nice block. Had a very nice block. I don't remember who it was against. Aaron but I do Holiday. Remember him getting that. Aaron it Holiday. It was Aaron yeah. Holiday. <laughs> and one one bright spot that we can take away from this. I think it was me, you, and Amadou who came on here before before this game, 
predicting, you know, how many threes was Andre going to take in this game. Andre didn't take a three. So, <laughs> sure, he tried to throw an alley-oop to somebody from half court that sailed over his head. But he didn't take a three. So, Dan, I cannot wait to hear what you have to say. Uh, Andre Drummond. Oh, Jesus. Um, was active defensively. He had two steals. But the three tur- – like, okay – I'm not a turnover guy. I don't grill guys for turnovers, especially in a in a rebuilding situation. I but think there are some bad, bad turnovers. But mm-hmm. the Andre Drummond turnovers are just not good. Like the 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 guy. What is this? Year nine for him? I think. I just don't get. Like, who does he? JD Bickerstaff said he is a. We have really good passing bigs and Larry, him, and Nance. He is not a really good passer. He's not. He can't pass. I'm sorry. Like, he makes... Some big-to-big passes are fine. Like, he has feel for those. I I really like... He needs to be in handoffs more. He actually has really good timing with those. But just had three really just bad fouls. Like, just play with... He does not play vertical. It's so irritating. Like, that play with Holiday, it wasn't even really a block. He just got his hand vertical, and he made the block. Like, he just... Some of the things are, it's not, it had nothing to do with it being preseason. He just does the same stuff that is irritating as hell. And he go he went for steals a few times that left guys like wide open and he missed them. It's just, just, I'm sorry. He's just a very frustrating player to watch at times. Like, like he'll normally would put up numbers in, in a sense, but just looked bad. I'm sorry. Just looked really bad. Sorry, I, I Andre tried- Drummond, but that was <laughs> that was not good. Mason, I'll, I'll let you give your take here. I mean, I think Dan pretty much hit on everything you can <laughs> say with Andre Drummond. You know, really, there there's only I guess there's only two like there's only two forms of Andre Drummond that you really consistently see, and that's you know a guy who's really good on the boards or somebody who's just horribly destructive in like every part of your team's <laughs> offense and defense and it's just I think it can I think you know I I was I was hoping that maybe he'd be able to to you know do something for the Cavs but I there is a pretty big concern that I've had with Andre Drummond that he would come into this season not really any more polished than he was last year and um yeah this preseason game did not make me feel any better about that he still looked like Andre Drummond yeah uh I I think he had some post-ups kind of short there there was one short corner post-up where he's just he's just trying to do too much I mean it, it just it just doesn't look good what he's trying to do always um, I thought he did some good things. Like I said, I thought he was active defensively. I, I thought that it was a nice block that he had. Um, did some good things, but I thought when he stuck to what he was good at. Um, it, overall, I thought he was... He, I mean, he moved guys around down low. He, he did what he can do. When I, I'll, I'll say it this way. Like I said, he did. he was good at the things that he does well. But when he tries to dribble the ball at the floor, and when he throws alley-oops to, I think it was, was it Larry Nance? I think it was Nance. When he tries to throw an alley-oop to Nance from half court, 
you're not Lamelo Ball. It doesn't work out. Um, <laughs> I that one I I get it into some extent though. Like Larry is a good guy to get a lead pass to because he in transition yeah, sure. seals well. Like, I I get the intent. That one I'm not going to grill him for as much. But it's just the settled offense. Like what? Like Andre? Like what? What handle do you have, man? I, I'm sorry. Like you're a beast in there. Just move. Like when he just did the all business thing and just moved Miles Turner. He just he just annihilated. Yeah, him. yeah. That's what, what he I'm, needs yeah. to. If he's going, to, if he's looking to score, do that and get your early seals. Don't try to do too much because if he tries to do that, he will be moved for. I would say a half of a McDouble. I mean, that's just there is just no value to that Andre Drummond. I'm sorry, like that that stuff is so irritating. And I'm sorry, I, I took forever there, but I needed to get no, that off don't. my chest. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well, Dan, we we haven't seen him take threes yet, so we I don't think we can assess his value until we start seeing him take threes. I think then then we'll get the full Andre Drummond. Well, I don't. I think that means his value is a, a negative, like zero, like negative <laughs> negative yeah. three. Give away a quarter pounder. Yeah. I, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Hey, maybe three-point shots was all he worked on the whole offseason, and he'll be really good at shooting threes this year. Yeah, maybe he won't have <laughs> any – he won't show any in preseason, and then in the first quarter of the first game, game – Yeah, he's going to take six, and he's going to hit five of them. He's yeah. going to be working Lamella Ball in those switches from deep. All right. We can only hope. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. We'll, we'll move on to something a little bit more, more positive. We'll move on to Larry Nance here. He played 17 minutes last night, had seven points, 10 rebounds. I thought, I mean, and obviously I don't think he's the best player on the Cavs, but last night he looked like the best player on the floor for the Cavs. Um, another guy who was just super, super active defensively. Um, it, it was a little bit hesitant from three, you know, like we said, but I think that's fine. Overall, he, he moved the ball really well. I did like him bringing the ball to the floor. I think, you know, he on some of those defensive rebounds, he, he kind of brought the ball up, and I thought he looked really, really comfortable doing that, which was a good sight to see for me. We saw a little bit of the big lineup with him at small forward. I think they went to that for, you know, a quick second in the second quarter, but um, I would like to see more of that moving forward. I think we will see that more throughout the preseason. But, um, Mason, how are you feeling about Larry Nance this, at, in this game? Yeah, I felt good about uh, what we saw from Larry. You know, he had his, his you know, seven points, ten rebounds, kind of 
uh, a box score not too crazy for Larry Nance. But, you know, every time he's on the floor, like you said, it seems as though he's the best player out there. And I think that's really good uh, for the Cavaliers, especially for this young roster. And I think that, you know, as we continue into the development of guys like, you know, Darius Garland, Kevin Porter, Isaac Okoro, I think having Larry Nance around is going to be good for them because when he's on the floor, he's, you know, one of the better players to play with just because it seems like he always makes the right play. He never has any of those selfish plays like we see from, you know, certain other other guys on the team. Uh, And I guess that that's kind of just my main thing, that he's just like a good dude on the court. And I think that that's never going to be a bad thing. And, you know, I guess this was just your your kind of regular Larry Nance Jr. game where, you know, there's not a ton of takeaways. You just know and you're able to acknowledge that he makes a positive impact on the court. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, Dan, how'd you feel about Larry? Yeah, I, he he's just an impressive player. Um, really all around, I, I thought, played well. The, the shooting, okay. Um, only attempted in one three. There were a couple times where he hesitated. Um, but I think he's fine. I'm not worried about it and shot really well from the corner, um, from three last year. I think he'll, he'll, he'll shoot those in season, but, but defensively is, is Justin touched on just really active. Um, just consistently makes the right rotations, uh, good communicator on the floor too. I think that helps, um, Almost in a way, if if needed, almost like pushes guys to rotate. Just just is just has that feel. Um, ha- has the best team defensive feel on on the floor whenever he's out there. In my opinion, that that shows consistently. Um, really does a nice job playing defense without fouling a lot too. Uh, I, I thought that showed. Um, makes just heady plays. Like had a couple times where he just kind of tipped the ball out uh, out of to get defensive rebounds secured. Just does the stuff like that. Uh, just was a token kind of Larry Nance game in, in that way. But it really, it's just always good to see him bring the ball up after those defensive rebounds. He, he just consistently gets things going in the right way. Yeah, I think what we saw last night is basically you know what we can expect moving forward with him. Um, just did everything right, and like I said, you know, like we've said before, kind of. Still does just seem like you, you're talking about him, to, you know, just kind of like directing guys essentially on defense. And I, I just, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see Larry do more of that, um, especially with TC gone. Yeah, yeah, especially with Tristan gone. You know, just taking over as the vocal leader on and off the court, I think, is going to be, you know, just something really, really good to see for him this year. Move on to some other bench guys. One who is another one that I thought had a pretty solid night. Um, yeah. Von Maker in his first action for the Cavs. Uh, had 10 points, 10 rebounds. Um, overall, you know, three assists, too. Uh, took a few threes, couldn't get one to fall. He went over three from there. But just overall seemed like it really just a good... I, I would say, you know, and the, again, one preseason game, but it, if the Cavaliers do intend to keep 15 players on the roster, it seems like it makes a lot of sense for Thon to be the 15th guy. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I thought he played well yesterday. And, you know, especially as we noted before, you know, with the with the absence of Tristan Thompson going to Boston, the Cavs are going to, 
to need, you know, they're going to need more centers, more of those kind of hybrid power forward center guys to step up. And, you know, we've seen Larry Nance Jr. do it, obviously. And, you know, you've got some guys who can play those positions. But, you know, if Thon Maker can continue to kind of do what he did yesterday, which was just, you know, make good plays offensively, rebound the ball, you know, put in those kind of double-double performances, he obviously will be able to compete for minutes uh, at the center position. Obviously, we still are going to have to see what happens with JaVale McGee. But, you know, from what we saw yesterday from Thon Maker, I definitely thought it was a, a positive game from him. And I definitely think there are scenarios where he could end up being, you know, kind of that final guy to make a roster spot. Dan, how do you feel about Thon Maker's performance last night? Offensively, he tried, well, admittedly, like like he shot 5 of 10, sure, but... A lot of it was just when deep rotational players were in there um, when he kind of got going. But I thought offensively, or, or not offensively, like from a rebounding standpoint, he was a lot better than I would have thought because a lot of the time he's struggled defensive rebounding-wise in his career just because he's so slight. But it, I don't know if he looked like he gained weight, but he, he played bigger than I thought that I've seen him play. Like I thought he looked a lot – just played stronger and tougher – Honestly, he's a little bit soft, and that's not his fault. He's skinny, but I, I thought he looked good, and he should be a guy that you keep, uh, I would think, or on the real roster just because of the COVID standpoint, too. I just think it'd be a nice guy to have, and I I think with him, I think it'd be really good for, for him a fair amount when he does play, I should say if and when, um, to play at the four. I just think in that, in particular, it's a nice wrinkle to have, but... Um, looked good as a passer, which was a kind of a shock. So that, but as Mason hit on, just definitely a positive performance. Um, and it's a nice player to have if, if need be. Yeah. And you talk about him being slight. I, I did kind of notice that a couple times. There was one play in particular where, you know, Sabonis got him in a post up and really just kind of bullied him into the rim yeah. and yeah. just pushed him straight back. But um, he, he's going to always have foul problems. He's too. always going to have that. Yeah, he's always going to have that issue. I think that's just something you have to live with. Yeah. Which from your third center, I think is OK. Your third yeah. center is going to have flaws. Yeah, that's, that's not really a big problem. Right. I mean, I, I don't love him at power forward. I do just think he's a little bit slow footed there. I think against the Pacers, a team that starts yeah, Miles in, Turner in, and DeMontis in Sabonis. Matchups. In matchups. Yeah, I think on a night like that, you know, that's fine. I don't think that's something that we should see regularly. But again, that's someone who's capable of doing that. Like I would rather see, you know, him and Andre on the floor than him and or, or than Javale and Andre on the floor. You know, I think oh, just yeah, yes, a little bit of versatility on offense, a little bit of creativity, and I I expect some threes to fall from him. So. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So yeah, overall. Uh, again, we still have three preseason games. I'll keep saying it because I don't want to make it seem like I'm jumping to conclusions. But after one game, if anyone deserves that fifth or that fifteenth roster spot, it's Thonmaker. <sighs> we got five guys left here on the list that got minutes. Let's knock out Exum here. Dante had seven points, five assists, and five turnovers. Um, when you were kind of talking about Andre turnovers, um, I I didn't love watching Exum play as far as that per, that goes last night. And again, you know, everybody looked sloppy out there, but 
Exum only had five turnovers, but he threw a lot of other passes that it seemed like got tipped by the defense or just, you know, deflected somehow. Um, Just seemed a little bit careless with the ball at times. But I also thought he showed some really nice flashes, Um, some good drives to the rim, um, some good finishes around there. He had one drive to the rim where he just kind of made something out of nothing and threw up an alley-oop layup to Larry Nance that Larry finished. Um, still, I think, I, I think he looks good on defense. Um, just again, a bigger body. Um, e- even if he is as slender as he is, I thought Dante had a fine first preseason game. He looks as sloppy as everyone else, but I also thought that there were some positive things in there. Was it enough for him to crack the rotation over a guy like Damian Dotson, who he's probably going to be kind of competing for with minutes this year? We'll see as the preseason progresses. As of right now, it kind of seems like no. But Mason, how did you like Dante's performance last night? Yeah, I thought he had some some good flashes. Uh, you know, he had a lot of a lot of possessions where he was kind of that primary ball handler, bringing the ball up, and you know, like you said, he had a couple of plays where he was able to you know get into the paint, get to the basket. Um, his jump shot definitely still looks terrible which is not, you know, the best, but that's, I don't think that was unexpected. He's always had kind of a goofy jump shot, but yeah, you know, when you put the ball in Dante Exum's hands a lot, you know, you're never fully sure what's going to happen. And like you said, there were, there were a lot of questionable plays, but you know, it it was nothing too crazy uh, from Dante Exum. Dan, how'd you like Dante? Oh, geez. Um, I just have to get it off my chest. That Dante Exum jump, jumper is <laughs> that thing is just awful. I, I like I I don't know how else to put it. It looks like a Tim. It's the equivalent of a Tim Couch like deep ball. Like that That's thing is just dead. Like it, he just shoots a dead damn ball. Um, that thing is awful. But defensively, he's you know what you're getting from him when when he's able to go, which is a always a humongous if. Um, but defensively, he's not, I don't think he's really long, but he's just, just active, um, takes good angles, mirrors guys. Well, um, he, he battles if he's cross matched too. I, I give him a lot of credit defensively. Um, he's just a worker, just a grinder. Um, he'll probably stick around in the league for a good while. Just, just from that. Um, I, I like his defense a lot. Uh, pretty solid one through three in general can guard a, a number of guys, um, I, I thought that was very good from him, but offensively, if you need Exum to actually play make, you're asking for trouble. Um, I, I get that everybody was rusty, and, and that's fair, but just just the pat he's just limited as a passer. I, I mean, and just next to no handle, he's pretty much does what Delhi does pretty early on when he needs to. He just kind of like backs out and just like crouches with the ball and just doesn't make plays and. I wouldn't That's, say that he has next to no handle. Like, I thought the handle was he, fine. He can it's just, get to the rim at times. It seems like more like in secondary transition, though. Like, when he can kind of get, like, ahead of steam, um, that's kind of when he's able. But in, like, settled offense, I just think, unless there's a really a lot smaller guard on him, I, he's just really limited. And if uh, just no, like, zero threat as a pull-up game um, – Offensively, uh, he's there's just a lot of woes with him, and yeah, there are there are assists, sure, 
But as you said, Justin, like it, there were like four passes that were, I don't even know how they got to guys. And that oop to Larry Nance was just like a play for Nance. Honestly, I think it was frankly just like a shot or I guess it was a pass, but that thing was it not was on. It was not on target. And Nance made a really good play on that. Like that was, I don't count that assist. That thing was horrible, but he's, it just seems like whenever I see Dante Exum play, I, I hold my breath when he's out there for real minutes because you never know if he's going to last through the damn game. And he just always seems like he gets bumped and like fall. Like he just falls awkwardly. It's weird. Uh, he's like an uncoordinated faller. It's odd. It's like a quarterback that can't slide. So I, I just hold my breath with him. Um, but uh, and the problem is it just shows that if, you need, I guess he can play make a little and or beyond ball some in spurts, but just it's tough with him because he's limited in that way. And I'm like, what he's not a spot up threat, he's not going to space the floor. So, I uh, to me, it just looks like Dotson should just be getting whatever minutes are possible out of those between those two. Well, we'll get into Dotson here right now. Damian Dotson had a fantastic game last night in the minutes that he played. Uh, had 12 points, two rebounds, three assists, shot five for six from the field, two for two from three, had the game-winning assist on that fast break, you know, outlet to Okoro. Okoro obviously, you know, had the finish and had the game-winning layup, but that play doesn't happen without Damian Dotson. Um, he, he played tonight, or not tonight, but last night, like he belongs in the – like if he, if he plays like that, he is going to be in this rotation. He played great. Um Will he come out as that hot next game? We'll have to see. But um, I, I don't think he will necessarily, at least, you know, that looking that good. But I, I was also impressed by his on-ball abilities. Um, he, he looked like a comfortable, reliable ball handler. It, you know, like I said, had three assists. One of those was that Okoro one, which was just kind of in transition. But, again, that was a nice read. Um, overall, I just, you know, I, I've always kind of looked at him as an off-ball, you know, just fly off the screens and shoot. But he looked really, really good with the ball in his hands, too, I thought, last night. Dan, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah, that that stood out. And I don't expect it to be a ton when he's out there, but he, he can handle it some. I think last year he shot, like, the, the volume wasn't a ton. Um, but I think he shot, like, 58% on stepbacks last year. So it's kind of almost like the JR type where he can kind of just create off those at times, like in a pinch if you need it. Um at least JR later on when he was here. But yeah, he's in defensively. I like him. Uh, I, I think he really, really battles there. Good, pretty good on ball defender. Um, mirrors guys. Well, that I, I just, I like his game. Um, I, I just like that. To me, it just showed that he can fit with a variety of guys and, and be effective. I just think he'll make other guys better around him. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I think last year with the Knicks being so limited from a shopper making perspective, his, his assist numbers, I think here, I mean, his assist total or percentage could be a little bit better just because he, he seems to be a willing ball mover. He made a really nice extra pass to Okoro, I think, in the corner who hit that. Um, just little stuff like that. It, to me, it just proved that he, he just knows that uh, or he just looks like he knows how to play. And it, it's a hard guy for me to, to, to like really keep off the floor. Yeah. Mason, anything to add there? Uh, I mean, I thought Dan hit on it pretty well, especially the fact that, you know, he just 
kind of similarly to Okoro, he just looked comfortable with pretty much anybody he was on the floor with. He was making smart plays, always seemed to make the right pass, and I know he was 5 for 6, but it felt like he just couldn't miss shooting the ball yesterday. And, um, yeah, he definitely played well. He was definitely one of the more impressive players uh, of the of, of the game. I, I'm, I'm definitely impressed with Dotson so far. I hope it I, – I look forward to continue watching him play. Um, we have three guys here who just played a few minutes each. We'll get into Delhi a little bit. Delhi had two assists. Um, he was on the floor basically – like actually like down on the floor – Pretty much the entire time he was in the game. Um, a- anything to add from from? Did any of you really see anything that stuck out about Delhi? I mean, we we pretty much know what he is. Nobody's gonna give when he's out there. Yeah, Go ahead, Mason. I mean, yeah. Didn't he like? I swear, I saw him. He found a way to dive into the bench. Like he always seems to end up, you know, like <laughs> six feet into well, the sideline. Like, something like yeah, that. Yeah, he tripped on T.J. McConnell once or something, <laughs> and he was on the floor another time. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's it's Delhi. We know what Delhi's going to be. Not not much to add. Yeah, I, I guess Fedor said it, he was his knee was heavily wrapped after the game or something, and he got his uh or, or I, I don't know if you reported that. I don't, I don't know how I it was like some Twitter DM that I heard it, but um like one of these like subscribers to his thing, but. Um, I, I, I don't know if you report tweeted that or not, but anyway, yeah, Delhi, I I thought like his, he had like his head like slammed down on the floor when he, uh, on a foul, I think it was like a guy just kind of, I thought like, like Jesus, Delhi with another concussion already, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, but yeah, he he plays with on like just undeniable effort. You you get that in spurts of Delhi. I think like this could be a game that, a typical Delhi game that we see this year, this just in the season in general. Um, but w- when he's out there, you, you know what he brings. But yeah, there's just it, just that shot is there's just no threat of it at all anymore, and it, it just just not playing or not at all would have like no confidence in that shot. And I just don't understand what the what the reason w- was for like the changing of the shot. I mean, he shot at least okay, like okay some in 2018-19. I, I don't know. But I don't know. Delhi, yeah, that the effort is always there. Um the ball's gonna move when he's in. What was that thing on his arm? Did anyone else notice that? Yeah, it was weird. Uh oh, I think that's like a sh- like one of those shoulder harnesses that like James Harden and PG had. Uh, um I, I it was, was, it, was okay. it was it was on his shoulder, right? Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't on his shoulder. Oh, was it, it was that on, like, on like his, the side of his arm. It was like on his yeah, bicep. Oh, or that's something. right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was like the bicep, yeah. Oh yeah. Or bicep, right? That's what I, th- yeah, I, 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 I don't think remember. I think that yeah, it, it <laughs> yeah, wasn't it he, wasn't one of the James Harden Paul George shoulder harnesses. Yeah, okay. It was something then, else. Yeah, okay, then never mind, yeah. That's yeah. It was actually, weird. I have that's no a idea. fair point. Well, Grant like, does does Dell even need his? I mean, his arms are ma- basically made for passing now anyway. So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Delhi, good to see you on the floor, both on the floor and actually down on the ground. Yep, but never never change. Um, Marquise Bolden got a little bit of run. Um, John Michael, the Cavs play-by-play announcer, referred to him as Marquise Bolden. Uh, um, he, he had four fouls in like his four minutes. Also had three offensive rebounds. Um, yeah, he was he was there. Yeah, you know? he was there. Uh, go Marquise. 
Marquise. Oh, man, he's that mother. Oh, I shouldn't say this on this podcast, but <laughs> he he sets impact screens. Like uh, when that guy, like if there's a back screen, like there was a, I think he he kind of like tattooed somebody. Like when I think it, maybe it was Delhi bringing the ball up the floor, and <laughs> they felt they felt that. Um, but uh, you know, he's he's a guy that's just going to clear out like stuff and and handoffs. But honestly, I, I like Bolden. I know he he played. Just, I mean, he, everybody's getting rusty, but yeah, he he's not bad. Um, heady player. He's, I mean, he's he knows he knows his limits, but it's a nice guy to have in, in a developmental sense and for for the charge. Well, we'll have to see what exactly happens with that stuff, but I don't know. He's we knew he he's not in the mix to, for the roster anyhow. Most likely not. Maybe a ten day uh, guy. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, like a ten day COVID kind of. Like one of those, maybe that. I don't know. He'll he'll be in the G League this year, and it'll be another year of development. And you know, maybe next year, we'll yeah. see him make the roster. And it, I mean, it also didn't really help him at Duke that he was just had so many injury problems. <laughs> yeah, too. That's so. true. Yeah, that too. One more player that got into the game. He got four and a half minutes. Dean Wade got into the game. Let's Ooh. go, Dean Wade. He really does not provide anything. Well, I mean, he only <laughs> he only played four and a half minutes, but you know. It's just Dean okay. Wade. <laughs> Here, here's my take oh. on Dean and, and what he what he did. Dan, we've always talked about with Dean, you know, when he got in the game with the Cavs, what was his thing? He wasn't confident enough to really do anything. Yeah. He didn't have that confidence. He looked skittish. He went 0 for 3 from the field, but in four and a half minutes, Dean Wade took three shots. He took three shots, yeah. And, like, I think he's going to make some of those threes. Like, you know, I mean, down low, it's in, but, like, the three-pointers, if he gets them open, those are going to fall at a fair clip, I think. Yeah. I hope. Uh, I mean, that there's there's no – like, I think so, too. And, and I kind of, like, in a way, would like to see him at times in the mid-post. But it's just – yeah, like, he, he's just – if you're never going to give a guy those opportunities really in, like, actually meaningful minutes, you can't really expect it in that kind of scenario for him to do much. But – yeah, I mean, it could be like a pick and pop scenario. You would like to see him hit some of those, but yeah, and it's it's weird though. Defensively, I, I think like his activity level isn't bad. I think he's actually decent in those in that kind of way. At least for a four, moves moves fairly well for a four. But ugh, it, I just feel bad for the guy. I want him to hit some of those, but it. The the miss on that three was just I you just when he shot that up it it had no chance like that thing was a clinker, um, <laughs> I think that was maybe like equivalent to what your dad would say about like Anthony Parker threes right like clang. it was just like just the, yelling the, out clang before it even hits oh okay yeah so I don't know before that, he, before the the moment he touches the ball just yell clang and yeah you'll, you'll do it right yeah well yeah I don't know Dean Wade I. I I'd, I'd like to see him actually be, like, a real player, but it's just never going to fucking happen. It's, pardon my French, but that that's just that's just <laughs> what it looked like. But good good for him for shooting three shots. Good good for him. Yeah. Well, that's it for this game. Um, like I said, it, it'll be really, really good to see Sexton and KPJ get into the mix whenever they can. Um, I'm, I don't know if we're going to see Sexton, honestly, throughout the, you know, this preseason period. He was out with a minor minor ankle injury. I mean, it's nothing serious. It's nothing that's going to affect him moving forward. But just, again, being extra cautious, I wouldn't be surprised if they just hold him out. 
Um, I, I have no clue what's going on with KPJ. I don't know if anyone outside of the Cavs organization knows what's going on with KPJ. We'll have to see there. Uh, McGee was on the bench. He warmed up. You know, he, he got shots up in pre, pre-game. So I'm assuming that he'll be in there soon. And yeah, um, shots, shots up. Yeah, right. Oh, he was he was taking corner threes pre-game. Oh, oh my. Oh, <laughs> like, I had, like, the um, like the league pass uh, like, yeah. stream. So, it, like, it shows shoot-around before the game. He yeah, was He yeah. was camped out in the corner. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I have to be honest, I didn't actually, like, watch to see if he made any, but he was there. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like, one more play. I do really want to watch Lamar Stevens play, too. Um, I, First preseason game, especially in a close game like this one was, not surprised we didn't see him get in, but we're definitely going to see some Lamar Stevens, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's capable of. So, um. Anything from either of you before we, we move on to a little bit of other stuff? Just on the game in general? No, I think we got a lot of it, yeah. Yep, that's it. We went, yeah, we went about an hour there about that. But um, we, we got just a few other things I wanted to talk about here tonight, non-preseason games related. Uh, the first being Joe Varden of The Athletic put out an article saying that the Cavaliers should try to trade for James Harden. Varden's suggested package was Drummond, some combination of like Sexton, Garland, KPJ, just whoever the Rockets want, um, and uh, basically just a bunch of picks at first seconds, whatever, whatever. Again, whatever Houston wants. Uh, <laughs> I just I'm interested to hear your guys' opinions. Obviously, James Harden is not getting traded to Cleveland. But just, how do you guys feel about just, you know, the possibility of that? And, like, is that something that the Cavaliers should at least, like, consider? Because, like, the way Varden talked about it, it seemed like, yeah, the Cavaliers should, like, absolutely make a call. You know, this is someone who's a super-duper star. You should you should always try to get guys like this. He's under contract. But I just want to hear your, your guys' opinions. Uh, Mason, we can start with you. Do you like the idea of trading for someone of that caliber if you're Cleveland? Again, someone, like, who's under contract for... A few more seasons still. Uh, you know, I personally don't necessarily just because, you know, even as Varden kind of pointed to in the article, you're going to get Harden for, what was it, like two years, three years. And yeah. in that time frame, I just don't think the Cavs are going to be a team that would be able to really win a title. I, I just think that, you know, kind of as we've seen – with James Harden these past few years, just really things have to be kind of perfect for for his team to be able to get, you know, to a, above one of those, you know, kind of top superstar teams. Uh, and, you know, that, that team that he had with Chris Paul where they pushed the Warriors to, to a seven-game series, I think that might be peak James Harden. And if he were to be traded to the Cavaliers, I just don't think that really... There, I don't think the Cavaliers would be able to build a team around him that would really make the 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 trade worth it, especially in terms of the assets you'd have to give up. Because I mean, you'd basically be throwing your young prospects and your best young prospects and your draft picks to the Houston Rockets. So you would really tear apart 
the the little foundation that you've built, you'd basically tear it all apart for a, a couple of seasons that you might possibly contend for the NBA Finals with James Harden. I just personally kind of am in a long-term mindset with the Cavaliers now, and I don't think that this would be worth it whatsoever. I, I'm in agreement there. Uh, I think, Dan, Dan, do you think that, how do you think a Love Harden duo would do in the Eastern Conference? Um, I, I, I kind of feel like I don't think that would be a finals team still. I think it'd be a fun Eastern Conference playoffs team for the couple of seasons that Harden is under contract. But do, do you have any disagreements there, Dan, as far as, you know, be, between Mason's opinion on it and his view? Oh, Harden's a hell of a player, but I, I just, I, for me, it's just like, where, like, like, where's, like, this is out of, Way, way, way out of left field. Um, I, I, if I were Hammy, I'd have better delivery there. But uh, no, 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 and no some more. I, I just don't understand. Like, you'd be missing out on two, I would imagine, like a tr- tremendously deep next two drafts. And mm-hmm. like to miss on, you would think, like miss on potentially guys next year or like Wembenyana or uh, like I like no like if I where where are the Cavs going to go and a and the East is better B and are we're going to have to like is is Love going to really be an All Star with James Harden I don't, I don't think I, I don't think so um. And I guess he works with J.B. Bickerstaff for that, like, like half a season or whatever yeah. the hell it was. <laughs> or no, I think it was more than that. But it, it was it was um, one of his interim stints, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah, I just lot. don't. James Harden would not want to be here at all. I just no. feel like he'd want. He just like wouldn't. It'd be like a Jr. situation when he initially or at the end there. I just I think James Harden might physically be in. The city of Cleveland, maybe. Maybe, but yeah. I don't know what how many what the hell would you be getting out of James Harden? He didn't want to be. He wouldn't want to be in goddamn Cleveland. I mean, come on. And I get that Varden painted it as like he'd have to he'd have to be bought in or, or show that he is so he can get paid again. Like he's a pain in the ass. He's gonna get paid again. He would get paid. get paid again anyway. I mean, Jesus, like Le'Veon Bell guys dealt with him. He got what was it? The, signed like the eighty-five million dollar yeah. deal or whatever. I mean, come on! Like James Harden would get paid by somebody. So yeah, this like just get get that sh- get that weak shit out of here. Come on, <laughs> no, no. Well, that was- I, I would not entertain this at all. Like the cat. What are the cat? I think they they struggle to get any even in the playoffs. To me. I don't know what the hell they'd be doing anyway. And you wouldn't have Drummond. So, I mean, there's got to be somebody that that plays a semblance of defense. And and Harden actually is a really good post defender. I don't discount that. But who's to say they'd actually get in the damn playoffs? I don't know if they would. They'd be a play-in team. And at that point, they'd be a play-in team. But that doesn't mean a playoff team. Would the the James Harden, Kevin Love Cavs be better than the the Westbrook Beal Wizards? Ah, uh, that that's in that realm. But are, are you gonna th- mortgage your entire future? You no. would you would <laughs> no, imagine no, no, for, no, no, no. for that? Hell no. no! Please God no! Yuck! I, yeah, I would say even just the the chance 
of getting, you know, the the Cade Cunningham pick in this next draft, even just the chance that's is, is worth even, more. That's than, enough. Yeah. I mean, shit, I'd re- Jalen, I wouldn't want to give up on, like, Jalen Johnson Green. even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jalen Green. Jalen Green's yeah, a good dude there, yeah. Suggs, maybe. I, I'd rather not get him, but, like, Isaiah <laughs> Todd. Like, somebody. What, people need to get, the narrative that the Cavs should be, like, trying to make, like, they, they, they should be trying to make the play. It's like, they're not going anywhere, people. They need, like, that's not going to happen. You got to stay the damn course. We're, we're, this is Cleveland. We're not getting free agents. Well, this is one thing I, I wanted to ask about Harden as well is I'm not even going to, like, ask would he resign because as things currently are, James Harden would not resign with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And if we're mortgaging our future to bring him in, then by the time this is up and Kevin Love is however old he is by the end of his contract, is, is James Harden really going to extend? No. If If... James Harden were traded to Cleveland. How long until he requests a trade? Does it happen like as soon as he gets on off the site? Damn, on it, site? Yes. Yes. As soon as he before he gets in the damn like he building, walks into the practice facility and says, "Yeah, I he don't will not be, be here. getting in the damn practice facility. He'd be checking out the what what clubs there are around where he can, I guess, just throw money around, or whatever." Um. Yeah, that that would be a disaster. I that I just don't under, I don't get the rationale there at all. <laughs> we'll move on. We got one more thing to talk about here before uh, we get out of here. I want to just kind of touch on, and like I said before the podcast, I wasn't gonna get into all of this, but Kevin Love kind of commented on it, so we will. But Kyrie, to everyone's surprise, has made more comments that have stirred up you know, reactions and controversy. Um, basically, the, the situation is he refused to, you know, speak to the media during media week. He put out a statement explaining why, whatever. He still got fined by the NBA because he didn't talk to the media like he's contractually obligated to do. So Kyrie goes to Instagram and puts out basically another statement saying that, I pray that we utilize the fine money for the marginalized communities in need, especially where our world is presently. I am here for peace, love, and greatness, so stop distracting me and my team, and appreciate the art. We move different here. That's fine. You know, that's... Yes, the NBA hopefully would use that money for these purposes. But he proceeds to follow that up with, I don't talk to pawns. My attention is worth more. And that's where the the issues come with people, basically the pawns being the media, Kyrie saying it's not worth his time to talk to the media, they're below him. <sighs> Kevin Love was asked about this during his media session. Um, basically said that he wasn't going to take any shots at Kyrie, but that he, he did kind of take issue with his statement, saying that that's just essentially just not a way to treat people in general, and that it was a sure sign of disrespect. Um... Mason, do you expect anything different from Kyrie at this point? No. Uh, you know, this the, this wasn't surprising to me at all. This is this is kind of just the Kyrie Irving experience at this point and, you know, I thought that, you know, Kevin Love, you know, he called it divisive and I think that's kind of the the perfect sort of, you know, summary of it. I just think that Kyrie Irving is a weird guy and He's going to do weird things when he's, you know, 
got his own personal time, I guess, and that's just what these teams have to put up with. But he's such a good offensive talent that people are going to continue to be willing to put up with it as long as he continues to produce on the floor and, you know, just in general, no, nothing that Kyrie Irving does really surprises me anymore. I was just watching the Nets' first preseason game before I came upstairs to record, um, and Kyrie was cooking. I mean, he Mm -hmm. had like 17 in the first half when I had to come up here. So obviously, you know, what you get on the court is probably worth it. But um, thank you everyone who listened. Thank you, Mason, for coming on. Thank Dan for coming on. Listen to another episode. Subscribe so that you don't miss a future episode. Rate, review. uh, That always helps out the show as well. That's it, and we will see you again soon. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.